Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So tonight, uh, in the, the time I've got, I'm really privileged. It's an honor to be here. And it's great to be with you all. And uh, because, uh, you know, when you get to where we are in life, uh, that that uh, length of life seems to be a bit shorter than it was some years ago. But <clears throat> we're more serious about the things of God. We're more serious about the truth of the Word of God. We're, we're, we're more uh, uh, impassioned about the Word of God because we want people to know the truth that will set them free. Because if you uh, just look around the world and see what's happening in the world, you're going to thank God that Jesus came f- and you're going to thank God that He died on the cross so that we could be redeemed out of this world. Yes. Uh, right now, there's in Jerusalem, and I, I was praying for our fam- church family that are in uh, Israel at this time today, and uh, praying for their safety because of what's going on there. But it's all over the world. And, you know, from the time that Adam and Eve first sinned, God had, to, God had a plan for the redemption of mankind. He had a plan for man from that time. When Adam and Eve sinned, his plan was put in position. And then uh, because man sinned, God had to send a man to redeem us. And Jesus came and uh, born into the world as a man without sin uh, so that he could redeem us through the cross. Amen. Through his death and his resurrection. Amen. But he had to, have, he had to test man's obedience before that. And in Genesis 22, we see that uh, he tested man's obedience with Abraham. He, he said to Abraham, Abraham wanted a son, and him and his wife had a son in their old age. And uh, we're not going to have any more children. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but they had a son in the old age, and God asked Abraham to take his son to Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice there. There are so many uh, symbolic things that the Word of God uh, uh, tells us, and there's types and shadows. And uh, when, when Abraham was called to go to Moriah, he was told to go to a mountain, and God would show him the mountain when he was there. Well, it just so happened that that mountain uh, was Golgotha. So God had it all planned out. Everything God did was planned out meticulously. Jesus in, his, uh, in the crucifixion uh, was, uh, had, in, right from Psalm 22, uh, it talks about the, the exact words that Jesus would say on the cross. Thousand years before Jesus came, 
already the words were written down. Um, I read a book once, it was called Evidence That Demands a Verdict by, I think it was Josh McDowell, and it was uh, numerically, he proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Bible is 100% true. And for, for these things to all match up, uh, it's, uh, the, the numbers are phenomenal uh, when, you, when you put these numbers together so that even anyone that doubted uh, the Word but believes in uh, statistics, the statistics prove that Jesus was going to come at that time. He was going to die on the cross. The way he was going to die, the words that he said, everything was already prophesied before time. Isn't that good news? And Jesus came for one reason, to give us hope, to redeem us. And today we need hope more than anything else. So, I'm going to share for a few moments on encountering the cross. The cross was a place of hope. The cross was a place of hope. We need hope in the world today. People are, uh, we've gone through a few years of hopelessness, and what we've found from that, people have stayed in the place of hopelessness. When I was a boy, which wasn't long ago, there, this place was a railway station when I was a boy. <laughs> there's a fish and chip shop right there. But anyway, there's all sorts of things happened since I was a boy. But uh, that what I'm trying, God knew when I was a boy that I'd be standing in here one day, that we would plant a church here one day. God knew one day when I was rolling out of the market bar there, drunk as a skunk, lying in the gutter. God knew that I'd be here one day preaching the gospel. Amen. That's hope. I didn't have that hope. I only got that hope in 1980 when, when I asked Jesus into my life, when I believed in the, 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 the resurrection, when I believed that Jesus hung on the cross for me and died for me. That's when I got the hope. That's the hope of the cross. And that's the hope of the encounter we have with the cross. Matthew 4, 16 and 17 says this, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. I saw the light in 1980. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light, hope has dawned. The shadow of of, of that death, that hope has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Light speaks of hope, and hope speaks of change. It speaks of a new day. I'm believing for a new day. Listen, I, I, as I was studying the word this week, I got this, I got this word. It's a prophetic word. And it's in Amos 9 and uh, it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives 
of my people, Israel. I'll bring back the captives, is what the Word of God is saying. The plowman shall overtake the reaper. You say, what does that mean? The harvest will be so plentiful, it will be coming in while the, the, the plowman is still trying to plow the fields, and the, the harvest is starting to overtake the plowman. Amen? That the, 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 the grape treader won't have tread, won't have tread on all the grapes before the new harvest is coming in again. Amen. That's the, that's the hope that I have. That's the hope that I have for this nation. That's the hope that I have for your, that's the hope that I hope you leave here with tonight. That's the hope I hope you leave here with tonight. Because without hope, it's impossible. Without hope, we need that hope, faith, when our faith only works with hope. Listen to what the Word says in Romans 8.32. This is a great scripture. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Listen to this. How shall he not, how shall he not, with him also freely give us all things? He freely gave us him who didn't spare his own son, delivered him up for us all. We need to receive him. Us all need to receive him. Amen. Listen, flip flop and fly Christianity is not going to work. It's not going to work if you've got one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity. No. It's not going to work. If you're double-minded in all your ways, it's not going to work. If you understand that he delivered us up, for how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You can only have all things when you hope for all things, when you imagine all things. What's your imagination saying about all things right now? Oh, Lord, if I just had enough to get by, that's just going to do me fine. I don't want to pray for too much, Lord. Just give me enough. Oh, get over yourself. God wants you to pray for all things. He wants you to have fulfill your imagination. That's when he said hope and imagination go together. So we've got to yoke that together and, um, and see what all... Th Why is the body of Christ like this? Why is the church is not full tonight? I'll tell you why. Because you don't see it that way. We've got to see it that way before it comes that way. We've got to tell people that are struggling without hope what the hope is. But you can only share hope from hope. You can't share hope from... If you're, if you're... The Bible says in Proverbs 13, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Oh, you know, I hoped for something once and it never happened, so I'll know hope again. No, that's what happens. People hope for something, they believe for something. It never happened because at the, at the, the moment they were going to receive it, they gave up. Yeah. 
No, God wants you to stay in hope so that your hope becomes infectious. That you infect other people with your hope. That's how we're going to change a nation. That's how the, 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 the harvest is going to come in faster than the plowman can plow. Amen. <laughs> can I have somebody say, Amen? <laughs> it's like, come on, get fired up. <laughs> Believe in the future. The future is bright. The future is great. Listen, it doesn't, no matter where you are at this moment in time, you can hope for a better future. There's a new hope. There's hope for tomorrow. There's hope for tomorrow. People who encounter Jesus through the cross, people who come face to face with Jesus, they experience something you would, you, something, and you also would experience something. My wife will tell you, my wife is sitting there, my son's sitting there, they can tell you I was like pre-1980. Pre-1980. I wasn't as lovable as I am now. <laughs> but I want to tell you, pre-1980, one day, after my son and my David, Gary, and Denise, we all walked to the altar together in 1980. That changed my life. That changed my life overnight, overnight. My life was changed overnight when I received salvation. My whole life was changed. Amen. The cross is about salvation. The cross is about second chance. The cross is about new life. It's about new hope. It's about a future that you never had before. It's about dreams that you've never had before. Amen. It's about going places you've never... How many people that have been in this church with me for years will know that I've always said from those traffic lights, you can go anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. You can go wherever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want because you can have hope. And hope is a dream that will be released in your life in Jesus' name. Jesus came into a world full of despair, full of hopelessness. It was a world filled with pain. It was a world where the, the people were dominated by a, a Roman uh, suppressors. So the people had nothing. They did nothing. And his, his coming marks the coming of hope. And he came to pay the ultimate price for those people so that they could have hope for the future. Amen. That's what he came here for, and that's what I'm here for tonight. Uh, the Word says in Isaiah 53, 7, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and the sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus wasn't paralyzed by fear. He didn't fight back. He didn't resist because uh, the Bible says he could have called on multitudes of angels, but he didn't because willfully he went to the cross to pay the ultimate price. You know, I love 
uh, John 18, verse 3. Uh, uh, really, this epitomizes. You know what that word means, hey? And <laughs> Somebody said to me in this church one time, Pastor, stop using big words. We don't know what you mean. <laughs> As they get a dictionary. So, so it says, so the Bible says that when, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and Judas, the betrayer, came and brought uh, the soldiers with him, you know, uh, many of us don't think, oh, well, they brought soldiers. It's one man. They maybe brought half a dozen soldiers or a dozen soldiers or something uh, to, to arrest one man. No, the, the, theolo- uh, the Bible scholars say there could have been as many as 600 soldiers 600 soldiers. But even if there was 300, right? It's a lot of soldiers for one man, isn't it? So why did all those soldiers come for one man? Because they'd heard about his works. They'd heard about the authority and the power and the, uh, and the miracles that he did. And this is what really flicks my switch. Uh, it says, <laughs> Jesus, the, so... Verse 3, then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them, Then when he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. 600 troops, battle-hardened troops, in all their Roman attire, fell. Just fell like that. Like they were knocked down. Somebody say, wow. They didn't just have a a pandemic of fainting or something, you know, that when he says, I am he. And, and you, you see right from the time of Moses, when Moses says, who will I say sent me? God says, tell them, I am sent me. So when Jesus says, I am, he was saying, this is who I am. I'm the representative. I'm the son of God. That was it. All out. Amen. Talk about power. And he said to us, all authority has been given unto you. Jesus says, as the Lord sent me, so I send you. Christians, we're living below what God has called us to live. We're living below the measure he has for us. We can live at that level because John 20, 21, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And, and Mark 16, the believers shall lay hands on the sick, the sick shall recover, God working with them, confirming his word with signs following. There are all sorts of scriptures that are going to give you hope. And, and, and that's why I'm sharing this tonight, because the cross is a promise. 
and every promise of God in him is yes and amen. Is yes and amen. Every promise of God is yes and in him, amen. Glory to God. I'm excited about this weekend. I'm I tell you, my friend, Bishop Moses Sona, he's got Orlando Stadium full tonight. Orlando Stadium. South Africans know where Orlando Stadium is in Soweto. So he had about 60 to 70,000 people there tonight. Bishop Dag, who's someone else that we as a church support, he'll have quarter of a million people in the, in the center of, uh, of Accra tonight. <laughs> the plowman will, the, 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 will overtake the... <sighs> the reaper will overtake the plowman. The plow Amen. I'm telling you, we need to catch up with what God's doing in the world. Amen. The same spirit that's in, South, in Africa, the same spirit that's in different countries of the world is the same spirit that's here. Where, and you can say all day, well, it's okay, uh, they're different, we're Scottish, we, we, we're no like that. No, you are like that. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Amen. I never watched my time. So, uh, without hope, our world disintegrates. Without hope, people go astray. Without hope, our dreams drown in the sea of hopelessness. Without hope, there's no way we could get rise from pandemics or natural disasters of the world. How are the people in Ukraine going to go? They need hope for the future. How did we get through the Second World War? The people had hope for the future. Some seed of hope, a seed of a promise took them through that. Amen. Jesus is the promise. He is the seed that, that, and John, it tells us that seed had to fall into the ground and die and rise again so that we could receive that promise. Amen. So, uh, we, we, without hope, we can't correct ourselves from things that's gone wrong. Hope is a huge element in our lives. Hope is a favorable expectation. Hope is favorable expectation. What do you expect in your life in 2023? What do you expect in your life in 2024? What do you expect in your life tomorrow? What do you expect in your way home tonight? What do you expect? What are you expecting? Do you expect to go in the house and meet uh, uh, Mr. Krabby Face or, 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 or Mrs. What's up with your face? Or what do you expect? Amen. We get what we expect. So our hope is favorable expectation. So we've got to have our expectation fixed on what our dream is, what the promise of God is for our life. Jesus hung in that cross. He took your sickness. He took your disease. He took your poverty. You don't have it anymore. Amen. My, my wife and I are both 47. Oh, she's not just 47 yet. But, hey, we, we're not 
None of us are on prescri prescription medication. Amen. I'm telling you. And we're all together. We don't, we don't have any bionic parts. What I'm saying is, if, he, if Jesus promised us that, then we need to walk in that promise. Amen. It's, you've got to see yourself doing these things. You've got to see yourself in your 80s and your 90s. My mentor, Dan McVicker's 92 years old, up to he was six months away from heaven, and he was still preaching the gospel at 92. Amen. Caleb, or, uh, yeah, was 85. His eyes weren't dimmed, neither was his, was his strength. Amen. So you can still be strong and still have uh, a good mind and good eyes in your, uh, in your old age. Don't listen to what the world says. Ah, you're not hearing me. Amen. Hope's the foundation and the basis for your faith. Oh. Okay, in closing, Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting, or you can put there, by hoping in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So when you come to that place where you're all, you realize you've been crucified with Christ and it's Christ who lives in you. <laughs> Christ lives in you. Amen. Christ lives in you. Listen to this. It says, For the message of the cross, in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, uh, 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So if you're sitting here tonight and you think, that guy's off his rocker. That is so foolish, that stuff that he's saying. It doesn't make an ounce of sense to me. You're perishing. That's what the Word says. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So if you think, hey, before pre-1980, I thought that was gibberish. I thought that's foolishness, that stuff. Don't even talk to me about that God stuff. And there's people that came to my house that my wife brought. I says, see that door? Leave by the same way you came. Some people came through the gate and the gate squeaked and I looked out and I says, shut the gate on your way out now because it was foolishness to me. Amen. I was perishing. But the time I saw Jesus and received Jesus changed everything. And it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. So we have the power of God established in our life to do everything that we can hope and imagine for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com 
and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.